All right, everybody, I'm Logan Alec. I'm a CPA, and this is my update for Thursday, February 25th. I will get into the stimulus bill updates, but just want to say real quick, for those of you asking, yes, the stock market tanked today. The Dow was down 560 points. NASDAQ down 3.5%. This is the worst down day since October. Why? One word, bonds. Bond prices have been getting hammered, which then drives yields up. Today, the 10-year treasury. There are different treasury notes with different maturities. There's a two-year, three-year, five-year, uh, seven-year, and 10-year. The 10-year treasury is sort of the benchmark, so to speak, when we talk about government bond yields. The yield on the 10-year treasury uh, at one point today hit 1.6% before coming back down to 1.5%. Why is that significant? Because that is actually higher than the S&P 500's average dividend yield of 1.48%. Why is that significant? Why does that spook stock investors? Because think about it. If you're a yield investor and you don't care much for the high-flying valuations right now in the tech sector for stocks like Tesla and Amazon and Apple, you name it, which the S&P 500 is very heavy in based on how it's weighted, why would you sink money into the S&P 500 to obtain a yield of 1.48% when you can put money into 10-year treasury notes, one of the world's lowest risk investments, and obtain a, a higher yield? So despite uh, Jerome Powell's best efforts this week to reassure investors, the market is clearly spooked right now. But those of you who have watched my content on investing know that I am a long-term investor. Uh, I don't believe in getting freaked out and selling your stocks when the market's down because you think the sky is falling because that is a sure way to lose money and missed out on the long-term wealth building that the stock market offers. If you watch my 100% free millionaire math webinar, link in the description below, you know that the key to wealth is just staying the course. All right, that's enough stocks. Uh, let's move on to stimulus, shall we? I mentioned yesterday the Senate parliamentarian was considering the minimum wage provision, whether or not that could fit into a reconciliation bill. Um, and unfortunately, the parliamentarian, Elizabeth McDonough, has not ruled on that point yet. Joe Biden has indicated in the past that he himself is unsure if a $15 an hour minimum wage will make it through reconciliation. White House Chief of Staff Ronald Klain was asked this morning whether the administration would support overruling the Senate parliamentarian if she rules that the minimum wage uh, increase has to be taken out in reconciliation. Klain said, certainly that's not something we would do. We're going to honor the rules of the Senate and work within that system to get this bill passed. So the parliamentarian could rule at any time. I will, of course, have an update for you tomorrow uh, before the House vote. The parliamentarian will also be making judgments about some other policies that are in the current text of the relief bill. For example, she will determine whether they can use the reconciliation bill to set up advanced payments of the child tax credit for families with qualifying children. That's something we've spoken about several times here on the channel. So this is one of the last procedural hurdles that these provisions need to clear. And like the minimum wage increase, the child tax credit payments would be even trickier to pass outside of a reconciliation bill where they would need 60 votes. Nancy Pelosi told reporters earlier today that we will pass a minimum wage bill. We must pass a minimum wage bill. But obviously she doesn't have full control over that if they need to get votes from 10 Senate Republicans, Nancy Pelosi, of course, being in the House. Along with the minimum wage and the child tax credit, whether or not to waive taxes on unemployment benefits has been another hot-button issue for Democrats as they get ready to pass the relief bill over the next few weeks. Iowa Congresswoman Sidney Axney sent a new letter sponsored by 12 other representatives calling on Democratic leaders in the House to support tax relief for unemployment benefits. As we've said here on the channel before, uh, Cindy Axney's and Dick Durbin's plan would make the first $10,200 in 2020 unemployment benefits tax-free at the federal level. So if you received $15,000 in unemployment, then you would only need to pay taxes 
on 4800 of that, at least on your 1040. And just this morning, I published a video on my thoughts on what you should do if you received unemployment in 2020, given this proposed legislation, and the fact that we don't know if it's going to pass or not. Link to that uh, videos at the top of the screen. Now, if this passes, this would only apply to federal taxes. So you would still be responsible for any state and local taxes on unemployment, unless your state, like Florida, does not have a personal income tax, or if your state, like my state, California, does not tax unemployment benefits, or uh, possibly if your state has waived the tax on unemployment benefits in light of the pandemic. Maryland, for example, repealed state and local taxes on unemployment benefits, but they are more the exception rather than the rule in this case. Axstein's letter references a survey which found that 39% of respondents didn't realize that unemployment benefits were taxable, and with more people out of work, particularly for extended periods of time, some of them are going to be hit with massive tax bills that they didn't even know were coming. Unfortunately, it's not clear whether this provision has enough support, and Washington Post reporter Jeff Stein tweeted earlier today that it does not currently appear likely to make the final bill. Could it be passed at a later time? Possibly. But of course, they would need Republican support to get that done. In other COVID relief news, the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation launched a $3 million Black Lives Matter survival fund to help black people who are struggling during the pandemic. They said they'll be selecting 3,000 recipients for grants of $1,000 each. Uh, you can apply for the grant on the Black Lives Matter website, but as of right now, it looks like applications are closed. I guess this round went fast, but they do have an email sign-up form on their website where you can sign up uh, to be notified if applications open. Again, I'll put a link to the BLM Survivor Fund, Survival Fund website in the uh, in the description below. In case it's not obvious, uh, you do have to be black to apply for this. All right, on to earmarks. House Transportation and Infrastructure Chair Peter DeFazio also spoke with Punchbowl about the ongoing drama surrounding earmarks. He said that he will be leading a five-year infrastructure and highway bill which will include new transportation laws as well as funding and authorization for infrastructure projects around the country. There has been some speculation uh, about the first major le piece of legislation of the Biden administration after COVID relief, of course. And at this point, it's mostly just speculation. But DeFazio indicated that his bill will include earmarks, allowing members of Congress to allocate funding uh, within their districts. The idea here is that representatives know their district better than a bureaucrat and so they will be able to invest the money more effectively than through the normal channels. A former Republican aide told Punchbowl, earmarks in the infrastructure bill could per put enormous pressure on Republican votes if the Dems do it right. Find out the two to three highest priority infrastructure projects in every district of the hundred Republicans most likely to vote for the bill, have governors, mayors, city councilmen, any of whom might run against them if they don't bring home a project, start bombarding them with calls and press hits, hard to understate how effective earmarks were in getting votes in the 90s and early 2000s. Yes, plenty of bad, but we could pass tough legislation and bring recalcitrant members along in a way that hasn't been possible since then. Earmarks could also make bills easier to pass by giving representatives a personal stake in how the money is spent. Again, there's nothing official here yet, but we'll likely start to hear more about this upcoming infrastructure bill once the stimulus package makes it out of the Capitol building and onto Biden's desk. All right, everybody, that's all I have for you right now. I'm really looking forward to the House floor vote tomorrow on the reconciliation slash stimulus bill. 
Also looking forward to hear what the parliamentarian rules on the issues I told you in this video. Thank you once again for watching. I really do appreciate it. And I will see you tomorrow morning with a review of the M1 Finance Investing app. And then I will see you later in the day tomorrow with my daily update. See you then. Bye-bye.